0: And let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called the seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit, after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, And herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. The evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And I'll stop there. And I'll pray before we continue. Father, again we thank you for the chance to be together this morning, uh, we thank you for your word, and even the account of creation that we're looking at here today, and Lord, I just ask that you would uh, just help us to take a believing standpoint, a uh, believing stance on these things, um, and that we would stand in awe of, of you and what you have done, and and look to you for the answers that we seek, Lord, so we just pray that for your help this morning, in Christ's name, amen. I don't know if I'll ever come back to to the idea of what constitutes a day. Um, So I'll just mention verse 5, verse 8, verse 13, and verse 19. As you go through this, and and then further along as well, but um, those verses all describe a day as being the evening and the morning. Um, and so when God designed it, his day started at the evening, we, we tend to describe our day starting in the morning and then going through, but that's not how God describes the day. And, and you see that in the way that he, um, create, um, sets up like the Sabbath days and things like that is starting in the evening. And so the Jewish Sabbath days actually starts at about six o'clock in the evening and then goes to 6 o'clock the next day. So what we think of Saturday, starting midnight to midnight, is not not the Jewish calendar. So sometimes you just have to adjust your thinking to match what the Bible is describing when we're talking about a day. Um, That has nothing to do with what I have to say today. I just, I don't know if I'm coming back to it, so I just thought I'd mention it. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, my. There's... So many different things to look at as we look at these things. Um, Just looking at what God has done. um, My mind has been changing direction on this all week. So (laughs) bear with me on it. Looking at what, and that's why I expanded to to as far as I did today. Today. we haven't got to the point of making animals, but we've we've got this structure created and, and designed of this lump of land and water, and now the space, and now there's lights, the sun, the moon, the stars. And then we read. In the fourth day God made, sorry, the third day God made grass and plants and trees. But it was the fourth day that God made the sun. <laughs> what an interesting world. <laughs> now, it depends on, on how you look at some of these things, but that in itself tells me that we're talking about literal 24-hour periods because we can put a plant. Um, we, we grow potatoes, and when we, we store our potatoes in the crawl space under our house every winter, right, and come springtime, those <laughs> potatoes are starting to sprout, and this year we took most of them out, and we left some down there, and I forgot to go back and clean it out till this fall, and we're putting the the new ones back down there. You know what happens when you leave a plant in the dark with no sun? It grows. (laughs) It's looking for light. (laughs) And so the shoots on those potatoes are massive. They, They can exist for a period of time without light, and they'll start to grow fast, actually. (laughs) Um, We have some... um, Jen and the boys were working at Hills Greenhouse planting seedlings for the forestry, and as they were packaging them up this fall, some of the smallest ones are rejects, and they get just thrown out, and Jen couldn't stand to, to watch these things being thrown out, and so she's gathering a whole bunch and bringing them home, and we have some sitting on the windowsill in our kitchen, and these... Stubby little spruce trees that were that long now have a sprout like that long. That's this spindly light green. It's like there ain't enough daylight right now for that thing to actually properly grow. It needs the sun to grow. Like these things go dormant in the winter and stop trying because they just can't do it. And here this thing sitting on our windowsill, it's still trying, it's like, where in the world is the sun? (laughs) And it's like twisting, it's like, it's got to be up there somewhere. But the plants can go for that short period of time without the sun shining on them. But we all know that's the whole design of a plant is that it needs the sun to create the nutrients for it to grow and produce. So if the plants came before the sun it better not be millions of years before the sun gets up there <laughs> right like the order of things it works if if we believe what god said here but if we try to make this fit with the modern evolutionary plan they don't fit together i have to start well Moses didn't know what he was talking about when he wrote this. It's like, well, the Bible says that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Like, Moses was told by God to write this down, and it's in this order on purpose. If we try to blend the Bible with a false evolutionary process, the two things don't match. We can't put the two together. We have to dismiss one or the other. And I'm going to dismiss man's ideas over God's ideas. But an interesting idea when we're looking at this creation. Man is the last thing that God made. But even the description, um, as he's putting the lights, the sun and the moon, the stars in the sky... Verse 14, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons for days and years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. The earth is special in God's eyes. The sun and the moon Okay, well, we understand planets and stars and and these things, but like he includes the stars as a part of what was made for the earth, for us to determine seasons and times and days and years. It's like all of that stuff works together, and it was all put there for us. But think deeper. It's not just there an earth-centered creation. It's a man-centered creation. Because there's nobody else but man that cares about days and months and years and watching the stars and the constellations as they change from season to season. Um, I don't know if you're like me. I know some of you are. The lack of sunlight in the winter is is a difficult thing for some of us to deal with, and our our mood kind of gets affected by that. And so I occasionally, and I think I did it this week as well. Um, I found a website that I can. It shows like the the sunrise and sunset times, and it tells me what the angle of the sun is both. Northwest, you know, north, south, west, east. Like what angle on a compass the sun is in the sky, but it also gives the angle it is up from the horizon. And the the cool thing is, that it like it's it's in real time, so I can sit there and watching the the minutes of a degree ticking up every couple of seconds as the sun's moving. Like that just fascinates me. <laughs> but I can like we're all the way up to 27 degrees at noon (laughs) off the horizon. Man, that is a low sun. (laughs) But if you got a south-facing window, boy, boy, is that nice to sit and absorb that sun. But watching these things, and the nice thing, so I I can watch my, well, I can just scroll through the whole year on that site if I want to, but it shows me the month. And... I can look at the days of the month and the sunrise and sunset time for each day. And then, just in case I'm dumb, the next column shows me the difference from day to day. We're gaining just over three minutes of sunlight every day (laughs) right now. (laughs) And that actually speeds up as the spring progresses. It'll move to four minutes a day um, just after the end of the month here. And, And, you know, like, it's really neat to watch some of that and just observe these changing things. And um, when I was in college I started learning some of the constellations of the stars and I suddenly discovered that they're not always there. It's not always the same constellations in the same part of the sky. As the seasons progress at any particular time of, of the night it's, the sky has shifted. It's moving. If you, observe the, the North Star and the main constellations around it. You watch the Big Dipper and it literally like goes around the North Star. It just, you can watch the thing just circling around there. It's just fascinating to watch these things and the, the design of it. And it's always in the same place at the same time. <laughs> we... It's consistent, and people that study this stuff—you can go to schedules. Like it's Mm -hmm. there's no doubt. Like we to the second, to the fraction of a second, we can years in advance know exactly where various things are going to be because it's a perfect system. It just does what it does, and it's all there's nothing random about it. It's incredible. But God says that it was it's there all surrounding the earth. And people got this idea that the sun went around the earth because, because of the way it's described here. But that's not what it's saying. It's just like the, the focus of the whole thing is the earth. It's all there for the purpose of, from an earthly perspective, we can look out and see these things. And it was there to make a world a perfect environment for us to live in. That's God's plan for this. It's like, is, there, is there a chance that there's another planet out there with other life on it? Man, I can't imagine, considering the whole thing was designed around this planet and was put there for our sake. I don't think there's anything else out there besides God and, and His angels and and what we see described in the Bible. Don't forget the balloon. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. That's still us. We um, <clears throat> turn to Psalm 19. I'm going to read, I'll read this and, then, and two other passages right away, and then, then we'll talk about them a little bit. So Psalm 19, the next one is, is going to be in Romans chapter 1, if you want to maybe start to find that at the same time. But Psalm 19, I'll read the first uh, six verses here. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament, showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voices is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth As a strong man to run a race, he goeth, his going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Well, just sounds to me like somebody understood the course of the sun when they wrote that, just by the way. But Focus on the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. We'll get to Romans chapter one. Um, and if we start in verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God Is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, just one more verse in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 and verse verse 3. I have the wrong verse written down. It says, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now here's, just as we go through, through the Bible, we see all these different passages that reference back to creation, and the consistency of that, and the details that are given are consistent with the things that we know through modern science and observation that these things are true. The Bible was absolutely correct in the things that it declares, of the things that we can observe and and discover in the world. And this one verse in Romans, Romans 1 kind of mentions the same thing, but this verse says, the things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. Did they have a microscope or an electron microscope at the time when this was written to know... Let, there's some stuff, like there's some details in here, there's stuff that we're made out of, and when we're looking at this chunk of wood, it's not just what we can, can see and observe physically. There's something deeper here. Stuff that we don't even, it doesn't even appear. I don't know what the source was, but they're not a Christian source, by the way secular source, secular science, talking about creation, the world, and talking about molecular structure, and we think things are made up up of atoms and electrons and protons and neutrons. These are like some of the tiniest observable particles that we've come up with. And they said... I don't remember what the numbers were, like 23% is that stuff. The rest, I don't know if that was even the right number. It might have been a smaller number. It's something that they're calling dark matter. It's like the stuff that we can't even observe is what makes up the majority of everything. Is this, and they can't, the dark matter. It's this substance that just doesn't appear. We can't observe it, but we can tell that there's something there that's making up the substance of all of the things that we can see. Well, isn't that interesting that science has discovered this now in all of our intelligence, in all of our study, that the world is made up of this something that we can't observe that we just have theories about of how all of this is put together and is constructed of this substance that we can't even describe or observe. And so we call it dark matter because we can't see it. Well, that's exactly what the Bible says. (laughs) It's exactly what the Bible says. How can we look at the order of the world... Romans chapter 1 says, That which may be known of God, in verse 19, is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them, for the invisible things, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. We can look at what God made, and we can see the order in it, and know with certainty That there had to be a designer, a builder, an intelligent creation, creator making the creation, right? It has to be. I saw just a joke the other day that was two snowmen arguing over whether they were created or evolved. They were just... (laughs) It was a snowstorm. And I just was formed into a snowman. Like, how, how is it that we can have something such, so simple as a snowman and say, that didn't happen by accident? It's three balls of snow on top of each other with a couple of sticks in it. And we can look at it and say, that didn't just happen in the storm. Somebody made that. And yet we can look at our entire world and the structure of it and think that it happened by accident in a storm <laughs> over time. I, you ever looked, open a can of alphabet soup, dump it in a pot, pour it out on a plate? How many words are formed there? <laughs> You'd struggle to find a word, right, out of the mess of letters that are dumped out out of a can of alphabet soup. It's a language, like, we have a language, we have a code made of of letters. And yet, you know, you take a a young kid and they learn their letters, but they don't know how to use them yet. And they'll just put a bunch of letters together sometimes. It's like, what does that spell? Absolutely nothing, <laughs> most of the time, most of the time, and they may occasionally, accidentally form a word, right? Okay, if, if we're going to do this, let's follow it back a little bit. I gave you the alphabet soup, the letters are already formed, and yet by accident it's hard to come up with a word. Uh, an intelligible, something with intelligible meaning, right? I'm taking away the letters. Now you just have pasta. How often is that going to spell a word for you? Oh, but wait, God didn't start with pasta. Take away the ingredients for the pasta. Come up with your own. Go back up further. You don't even have the ingredients. You have nothing. Now make a language. Now spell something with that. That's what God did. He took nothing, made the ingredients, and then built the thing and formed the language. If you know anything about genetics and I honestly did study science at one point in my life. Uh, I took environmental technology in college. We're in the same labs as the chemical technicians. I've done chemistry. We did microbiology. I've done these things. I, I've done the, all the, the chemical analysis, the machinery that analyzes and determines what's what. And, and I've seen the stuff. I've studied the stuff. Never yet seen a, 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 the genetic stuff. That's like deeper than, than what I was able to study at that level. And yet we know that our DNA code is a designed intelligent system, it's a code that determines every characteristic of you. It's put together, you couldn't put it together randomly, you'd get nonsense. Like dumping out a can of alphabet soup, but guess what? Like where did the code come from in the first place? The code exists to start with. There has to be some intelligent design in just to create the code to start with, and now we put the code together in an intelligible way that creates something that means something, we can't do it. We can't create these kinds of things. We just kind of mess with the stuff that's already there. Like when we dump the can of soup and we start organizing the letters and we make words. Well, we, we hardly even can do that with what God gave us as far as DNA and, and whatnot. We kind of mess with, with the sentence structure and can seemingly make changes in the system, but, but there's, a, there's a code there, and there's information in that code. When we create a, a new human, we take an incomplete cell and an incomplete cell, and we put the two together, and they join forces, <laughs> and they join genetics, and those two incomplete cells Translate the code that's in them to build every structure of a human body. Every structure, <laughs> from your nose hair <laughs> to your heartbeat and everything in between. It's everything's there, and it has a purpose. Um, just reading some of the the design of things, and Darwin had made a, a point that if you could, if you could. Show a structure that couldn't exist, that couldn't come to to its current place and use through a progression. You could disprove the entire theory of evolution. There's countless numbers of those. Um, one of the, the one that I just recently saw had to do with the, the cilia, the th- the things in our our lung system that removes dirt and dust out of our lungs is a structure, is little hairs that literally push the stuff back up and out and into our mouth so that we can cough it up or remove it out of our breathing system. It's like that structure in itself is like so complex that it would fail if it wasn't complete at the beginning. The whole system would fail without that. Others would be the lung and, or, and heart system from a bird to a mammal are so vastly different that if you mess up the connections along the way, there's no way it could ever work. The creature would die. So how do you... Go from one to the, to the next through evolution. It's impossible. The The changes that need to take place can't be gradual because there's such a, a vast difference. We have a different number of chambers in the heart and, and everything. The differences are just phenomenal. But it's all programmed through our genetics. So as soon as we start to think about the complexity of the structure, we look at the universe, we can look out and see these things that are there that consistently show us times and seasons. And we we can predict things from exactly where things are in the sky. We can look at our world around us and the way that the plants interact with the sun and are able to go dormant in the seasons when there's not enough sun or heat and water for them to grow. And so they just just close up for a little while. I'll open back up and start growing again when it gets nice out. Well, how did that happen? <laughs> how did that first tree survive that first winter? Like, it's impossible, right? It's impossible. And yet God created it all to fit together, to work together Perfectly. If you look over at Revelation chapter 4. Revelation 4 verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure, they are and were created. I say we can look at the structure and the way the the world was built and made. We're the only creature that even cares about where the stars are, and counting days and seasons and months and years. Tell you, my dog don't care. My dog has not once looked up in awe at the sky. <laughs> there was supposed to be a comet going by the other night, and we went out to try to get a glimpse of it. And it was just hazy in the sky. But someone, someone else had taken a picture of it here. Um, the moon and this big circle around the moon was absolutely clear. And then it was hazy everywhere else. Most incredible thing to, to look up and see. So, I mean, dogs weren't looking up. <laughs> they, they were not staring up at the sky in awe of this incredible view that was up there for us. The only reason that those things exist is for us, for, for who God created. <coughs> he designed the world for our sake. He put it all together, and then he put us in this perfect world that was made for us. But then in Revelation 4.11, it says, Thou hast created all things, and it's for thy pleasure they are and were created. He built the whole thing as a perfect habitat for us to live in. But it says it was for his pleasure. For his pleasure. We we are made for God's pleasure. You know what's... I think I have it, but I, I won't go looking for verses here. He... God, and I mentioned it last week, God, in his eternal existence, knew beforehand exactly what we would do. Before he even made us, He saw the outcome, knew every time that we would reject him, criticize him, curse him, all the things that we would do. God knew before he made it. And yet it says it was for his pleasure that he made us. Everything is for his pleasure. In all of our sin and depravity, God gets pleasure in us when we turn to him and give him the honor that's due for making this stuff when we look up and are in awe and give glory to God for the creation that he made he gets pleasure from that that passage in Hebrews that we read says that it's without faith it's impossible to please him And it's by faith that we see these things, that we understand that it's made in a way that we couldn't possibly comprehend. It's by faith. And it's our faith that pleases Him. It's for His pleasure that He made us. And He wants us to come to Him in faith, just willing to believe, even when we don't understand the whole thing, even when... I don't have the answers for how certain things that are out there. Why are why scientists think that it's millions and billions of years of evidence sitting there? And the Bible doesn't give us that. We get about 6,000 years of history showing here. How does it fit together? Well, sometimes we don't have all the answers, but you know what? If we look a little bit. we'll we'll start to find some of those answers. And we can start to satisfy our intellect. We don't have to shut off our intellect to believe God. But there's a point of faith where it's, I'm choosing to believe God regardless of whether my intellect follows along or not. And it's that faith that pleases God. Hard to imagine Looking at, looking at my life, right? Like, I know what I am, who I am. And it's hard to imagine that this verse is talking about me, that it's for his pleasure that he created me. What about that, you know that jerk that you work with? <laughs> that guy you just can't stand to be around? He, same thing. God made that person for his pleasure. Everything around us was built for us to live in. A world created just for the purpose of a place for man to exist. We need to give credit to where credit is due. Give it to God because it's for His pleasure. Let's just pray as we close. Heavenly Father, we're Glad that we can look to your word and see some answers here, um, some statements in your word that match with the observable science that we have, that we can look at the small details. And we see your fingerprints on it. We see that it's built, essentially, of things that we can't even observe. But we can see that there is an information system within the structure of all of our living creatures, Lord, and that information is passed from one to the other, and it builds a new body, a new creature, incredibly, Lord. And so, Lord, we give you credit for that, for that information system, um, realizing that it takes an intelligent mind to design a code and to give meaning to that code, and then to give a result from it. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that and just that we can look to you and be in awe of your design of your creation through these things. Again, we just ask that you would just help us to have faith in you in the things that we don't understand. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.